0: Welcome to the New Flesh podcast. This is Cyboob Cinema. My name is Jonathan Astro. T- together with me, as always, is Ricky Orpike. Hi there, and AJ. Yo, I'm
1: excited. <laughs> You're pumped. <laughs> <laughs> <I am> pumped.
0: <laughs> You're pumped. All right. Well, let's get let's get let's get into it first. Well, how's everyone been? Nothing to report. No, no, not really. I promise it's not a downer, but um, I would like to acknowledge the passing of a heroic director, a uh, by the name of Richard Donner, who died, I think, today or yesterday. And he is the director of uh, the Lethal Weapon films, The Omen, Superman, uh, and the and uh, the Goonies. Right. Uh, he did a couple of other weird little films like Conspiracy Theory and stuff like that as well. So. Uh, Great director and I just think it's worth, you know, since I can't that was the only reason I used to watch the Oscars was the obits really to look at all the great, great filmmakers that, you know, weren't on the actual show (laughs) because they're all dead they're dying. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) (laughs) this guy, this guy's great, Um, you know, so I don't know. I don't know what to say, but just thanks. Thanks, Richard Donner, for everything you've done. That's out of the way.
2: Nice work there. So I believe we have uh, something in our uh, burning topic corner to start off with, correct.
0: Surprise, surprise! It's the fucking New York Times.
2: All right. <laughs> <laughs> this one is relevant to us because we we did talk recently about about a medical issue about two doctors who uh, Brett Weinstein and and another doctor that have been cancelled because of uh, their views on a particular drug that's related to to COVID that they think is a is a a pretty good solution to uh, treating COVID and uh, those two doctors actually went on uh, the Joe Rogan experience recently uh as what what Joe was calling a, an emergency episode to talk about this issue uh because Brett Weinstein was about to get his YouTube uh, channel cancelled because of some of the things he was saying so today's little uh little topic here that we're going to start off with is actually a as Astro said a New York Times article
0: that talks about Joe Rogan yeah, could, can I just offer a little appendix to that Brett Weinstein thing? So sure. I've I've had to get on Twitter recently just to check it out. Twitter is awful, by the way. <laughs> Successful. It's dreadful. It's dreadful. And what's fascinating is that um, a couple of things. All, all the people that I listen to on podcasts and watch on on YouTube, like they 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 are sort of really measured on their shows, and they they, they offer different points of view, but they that you know they don't go. Sometimes, well, some of them go pretty hard, but on Twitter, all of them are off the chain. Like it's like their their id is like like for example, you know Claire Lehman who runs um, Quillette, right? So you might have seen her on on John Anderson's uh, video cast that he does, or you've seen her being interviewed. A Really demure, intelligent, and, and whatever, right? <laughs> am I allowed to say? Am I allowed to say demure? demure like <laughs> <laughs> Arnie? Am I allowed to say that anymore, or is I don't that know. I don't or know. is that signal that I'm? A big man. Like if someone AJ, if someone was like, Yeah, you, you know, uh AJ's really good, she's demure.
1: I don't think anyone's ever used that word to describe <laughs> me, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Well, anyway, so so Claire Lehman, she's fucking rock and roll, man. Like, like she she she's she's come out uh, on Twitter and was like, hey Brett, you know, to Brett Weinstein. The reason I bring it up is because she's taken it to Brett Weinstein. She said that that. You know, if you've got something to say, don't just whisper it into your little microphone. <laughs> go <on>, and <laughs> go and you know do some studies and get it out there. And then he's come back at her and said, you know, come please come back, Claire. You know, we need you or something. This sort. And she said, she's like, don't patronise me. <laughs> like on wow. real so, hard. So what's her beef? She's saying that that he shouldn't just be podcasting; that he should be out there writing. Papers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, then she said, well, this is her main thing. She says that he's encouraging vaccine hesitancy. So um, right, that's that's her main her main deal, and she's and she. You know, was going to go into clinical psychology or something, or in, in actual science. So she's got a real respect for acad- academia and you know, re- sort of real science. And she thinks that he's sort of may – I'm, I'm, I'm. I think she's inferring that he's he's delving a little bit into gay frogs and time traveling pedophiles. Of of Alex Jones, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So uh, anyway, in the last picture, I'll finish it off by just before we get into Joe Rogan. But today, she pre- posted some. Because like, people came at her hard, like people were just like everyone was like, "I hate you," and she posted this one today of her with like new blonde hair and a, and a margarita and saying, you know, can't be cancelled. Like real, just like fifty something fifty cent would post. <laughs> <laughs> it's boss. <laughs> you
1: know?
0: She's my hero. She's great. I think Claire. I think Claire. I love you, and now I respect you even more. You, you, you're a street fighter, and you, you're classy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, that's Twitter. That's Bret Weinstein. Let's get on with the show. Yeah.
2: Well, speaking of too big to be cancelled, this, uh, this is actually the title of the New York Times article, which is Joe Rogan is too big to be uh, is too big to cancel. And uh, there's a little tag here. I was just going to read um, underneath the article. He's now one of the most consumed media products on the planet. His Spotify deal, estimated at one hundred million, speaks to the allure of making audiences feel they're on onto something subversive. So this whole article, which uh, John, you sent our way, uh, reads as just a huge hit piece on Joe Rogan. When I started it, I thought they were they were going to get into the whole Brett Weinstein and the the emergency episode that that came out. But, uh, it didn't really go there, but I'll tell you what, it went right back to the beginning of of the early days of Joe Rogan and slammed him from every possible angle.
0: Yeah, I, this, is a, this is a staggering piece of garbage, hey, AJ. <laughs> Anything?
1: Yeah, it was it was intense.
0: I just have a problem with the language here. Like, you know, there's a couple of things that I'd point out. So, um. Here's some quotes just to give you like they say, he says, Who is it? It's a name, I always like to name and shame the people who dismiss me. So it's just like Matt, <laughs> Matt Flegen, Flegenheimer, Flegenheimer, whatever. So um, he said, uh, Mr. Rogan, 53, is one of the most consumed media products on the planet with the power to shape tastes, politics, medical decisions, a fact and well known to legions of men under 40. So there's the hint there that he's he is like a, a conspiracy theorist or something because it's like you know he can he can tell you to take weird supplements or he can he can get you to vote uh, you know for um, the wrong people whoever that is you know despite the fact that he supported Bernie Sanders that's
1: right
0: <laughs> you know so maybe that no that is the wrong people for the New York Times though isn't mm. it that mm. is the wrong people the right people are the centri- are the people who can the neoliberals so. You know, I just will say that you know. this—I'll read this last one out here. It says, "Like, what is different now? Exhilarating to his fans, alarming to others, is the social capital he managed to accumulate while proudly defying the traditional gatekeeping structures of mainstream fame." So, this there seems to be the sense in this article that this this new this you know author is pissed off that that Joe Rogan's doing what he's doing.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> jealous. You know what I
0: mean? He's jealous though. Be jelly. So so there's this there's this circumspection of podcasting and that you know oh it's like you know he's getting the wrong information out there and there's no there's no gatekeeping this guy's loving gatekeepers he's loving like regulation and that's what's coming by the way and that's why we're doing this podcast because it's coming regulation is coming and this guy the world that this guy wants is coming so i'll just finish my thoughts by saying that you know that this that this guy you know is focused on the couple of shows that he's had with Alex Jones and a couple of shows that he, you know, explore trans issues and whatever that are controversial. This is a, think about this. This is a show that goes for three hours with some of the most interesting people on the planet. Like many of them, brilliant. Yeah, there's some of his mates and some MMA guys and whatever, but it's his fucking show. And you know, the point is that average people are tuning in to hear journalists, politicians, scientists, comedians for hours at a time. Like if this was the 70s. These people would be—you'd be watching fucking Wheel of Fortune, you know, mm. and and the Brady Bunch, like or whatever. Like the, this is like this is incredible, really. And this—the way this guy's just dismissed the good and just said and jumped straight to, oh, like you know, Joe Rogan's out of control. <laughs> we got to we got to put the clamps on him,
2: you know. Well, well, I've got some figures here. Um, his podcast gets a hundred million uh, downloads a month
1: which is fucking crazy.
2: Which is huge and to compare that to a big legacy media guy in Tucker Carlson,
0: he gets 3 million live viewers per night. Well well let's hit these guys and ride right in the breadbasket. The New York Times has 5.5 million subscribers. Yeah. So there you go. That's right. Yeah. That's why this guy's pissed off. He's saying that like, you know, Joe Rogan is got a big bigger Johnson than me.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you got this. This article, I can't. I, I can't imagine anyone reads it and and doesn't see through it, really, because the the article concedes nothing to Rogan at all. Uh, n- not the curation of his guests, his interview style, the format of his podcast, even his sponsors are mentioned with contempt, mm. whilst wagging a finger at everybody. I mean, they mentioned a couple of times that his first sponsor was a male sex toy, the Fleshlight, and
0: they that, well, for some reason they fucking hated that. What's wrong with the Fleshlights? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, just I don't understand. Like, yeah,
2: if, if it was a female sex toy, it'd be there'd be
0: nothing to see here. It'd be like, oh yeah, move on. But it's fleshlight. It's like, oh, now it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's, now it's beyond the fail. You know? Yeah. <laughs> this 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 was a dreadful article, and the way he Smarmily includes. Tries to get ahead of what people are going to say, you know. He's like, "Oh mm. yes, you know." People, I've contacted because Tim Dillon, a comedian, <laughs> was, approached, <laughs> <laughs> was approached. He was approached for this, and he just said, "They said, would you, hey man, do you want to like comment on this?'" And he just said, "Fuck <laughs> off." Yeah, and uh, he's included all that in the article. Yeah, and um, there was another comedian mentioned. <gasps>
1: yes.
0: Uh, are we are we talking about Carlos?
1: No no, no. but we one. should discuss that.
0: We should talk about yeah, it. Yeah, Carlos Men uh, so yeah, Mencia. Mencia, yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh
2: apparently that's where Rogan really uh started his online mm. presence was because he uh, because a video of his went viral where he got up on stage and basically they they said he canceled comedian Carlos Mencia for uh for allegedly stealing other comics materials. I've seen the video, it's gross. Yeah. Yeah, it is a bit gross. But, but again, I think this, and I don't know too much about the story, but I think this, this comedian, Mencia.
1: Stole heaps was, of people's shit. Yeah,
2: was quite blatant in his yeah. thievery of, of people's material here. And he so, was
1: massive at the time.
2: Yeah, he had his own show on... Um, on the Comedy Channel or something, mm. you know. So he was a pretty big star, and and he was really stealing stealing a lot of jokes. So I don't know. I don't I don't know what to I don't know what to feel about that. But the New York Times guy, he he absolutely hates it. He hates the fact that Rogan is is against cancel culture, but but as he sees it, began his career canceling someone else.
1: Mm.
0: But at the time, wasn't we're saying that Joe Rogan was sort of punching up there.
1: He
0: mm. wasn't. It wasn't like. See if Joe Rogan did it now, like if Joe Rogan came out and said, uh, Carlos Mencia, everyone ducks this fucking asshole and, and cancel this bitch. <laughs> mm. Well, that's what that's what this
2: guy's implying in the article too, is he's implying that other comedians are scared to
0: say a bad thing about Joe Rogan because he has so much power and him. Yeah, well, like because it it doesn't it does make a difference. Cause like like Dave Rubin's sort of been blanked by him.
1: Oh, definitely. Yep. Gone. So, he's out of the circle.
0: So it can happen like like, and now like you're either and if you're on the outs with, with Joe Rogan then it, you are going to know about it, you know, because <laughs> like, yep. he's his reach is it's so big, you know. But then again, mm. it's his empire, like, you know, he can do whatever he likes with it. Mm. Yeah. And, and Dave Rubin did go pretty hard last <laughs> year <laughs> during the election. <laughs> he, did, he had to know that what he was doing was going to be,
1: you know,
0: risky. Because he's re- he's really sort of drifted towards the right, shall we say? Mm, Tokyo drift. <laughs>
1: yeah, right.
0: he is Like he's, he's really he's gone
1: all the way. He took down. a hard right. <laughs> yeah, he's taken a hard
0: <laughs> right. That's right. I still like him. I still like him, but but like because because everyone jumped off him. People were just Sam Harris, and that were just oh, like doing big long yeah. monologues about about it. Yeah. I'm like,
2: oh my god! I think that's a bit unfortunate when those other guys like surely they can see where where Dave Rubin's coming from. Because if you're if you're centre left guy, you may as well be on the right anyway. In the eyes of of people that are further to the left, you know. Yeah. So you, it's hard to find allies uh, if you are a, a, you know sort of a centre left person. So you find yourself having more in common with people on the right right side anyway. So mm. I think that's been his his problem. But the other thing in this article, like the guy cannot hate. Joe Rogan's physique more, like he talks about it all the time. Basically, he paints him as a muscle-bound bully, mm. especially in his in his early career as well. He, he reckons he, you know, was really confrontational, and he mentions that in in Fear Factor, that reality TV show that Joe Rogan used to used to host, that he would. He would start fights and try to physically fight some of the contestants, which, Mm. come on, that's all shtick. You know, that's all part of the entertainment of of that particular show, you know.
1: And he's a meathead. Yeah. He's a meathead.
0: Well, I kind of want Joe to fight this article, this this author. The guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He should should
0: do a charity boxing match with this guy. So, yes, the other comedian mentioned... Was none other than
1: (laughs) your dirty secret.
0: (laughs) Dirty secret, Andrew Dice Clay. So, uh, (laughs) Ricky, do you know who Andrew Dice Clay is? No, I don't think so. (gasps) I I may have seen a few of his things. Yeah, sure. He's an '80s and '90s comedian, and uh, AJ was very shocked one day when I confessed (laughs) that he's one of my favorite comedians of all time. That right, and uh, what, what's I his deal? He's man. too too hot for TV right now, is he? I can quote him. I can quote his CDs. I know like every line from Ford Fairlane. This movie he did. I love him so much. I've always loved him. Like he's probably one of the the most offensive comedians, but in, 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 he was offensive back in the day. Yeah. Like, he was offensive in the eighties. Right, and now, like if I played one of his CDs now, um, <laughs> it would be like they. People would set up that that you know the Capitol Hill autonomous zone around me. It would be like, you know what I mean? Like they set up a mobile chaz around me, and they'd say, <laughs> "You've got to go, you've got to go, defund the police, and you've got to go." So, anyway, I loved I loved Ice Man, and I loved that he was so available in this. Oh, I loved it. He, he loved the call up. He, he loved it. He was he had a lot to say. Tim Dillon did it. Tim Dillon was like "fuck you," and Dice was like, you know, he was um, what do we say, <laughs> garrulous? <laughs> he had, not, he had a lot to say. <laughs> so anyway, I've come out. That's my coming out. I've I, everyone. I want you to know, I love Dice Man, <laughs> and I don't care what anyone says anymore. All right,
2: I said it. Shall we? Shall we briefly mention Fallon Fox? That was that was talked about in the article.
0: Ah, uh, sure. That's Fallon fox is this is a trans MMA fighter, is that
2: right? That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, the only quote that that is is in The New York Times from Rogan on this issue is that that she's not really a she is the quote. Uh, I know Rogan has had a lot to say about Fallon Fox because of his background in in mma and and martial arts. and basically Fallon Fox is uh, a, a transgender athlete. She began fighting MMA without telling anyone that she was transgender. So women were were getting in the ring with with her, thinking that you know it was just a biological female. And uh, Fallon Fox basically fucked up a bunch of chicks in the ring, like like brutally. And uh, Joe Rogan's come out against that, and and he's talked about you know certain things about the physical difference between men and women and fighters and and he doesn't think that she should be fighting and definitely not fighting fighting women who don't know that 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 she's transgender i mean if 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 a woman wants to get in the ring with Fallon Fox and knows that i guess it's it's a different deal but mm. um yeah rogan's been very critical of her over the years this new york times article just basically paints him as a as a transphobe simply on that on that stupid little clip, she's not really a she, and uh, just assumes that he's dog whistling to to his fans to go out and
0: and perform hate crimes on Fallon Fox. Mm. Well, they're playing to their base, there, aren't they? That's the, mm. that's you know. I mean, you don't if you're if you're typing this story out in the New York Times, you're in the office, they're clacking away. You know, you don't have to say much to be called a bigot. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. You don't. You don't have to do much. You no, you could just no. be like, yeah, I don't know. I have no so example.
2: Does anyone in Australia even read the New York Times? Are you are you the only one in Australia? Yes,
0: John. That's reading the New York Times. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, because it's the thing is, it's behind a paywall. So people are smart. They just you know, they they don't. Uh, they're like, I'm not paying for that shit. But but do you think it seeps out though? It seeps out into yeah. Well, they're a thought leader, zeitgeist. Absolutely, of course they're a thought leader and what they say gets gets re repackaged for other publications and look i i am interested in it because it's it's a, it solidifies a certain kind of uh you know out of control leftist nightmare that that i think you know it's important to know to look in, to look over the barricades and go oh my god is that what's going on because eventually you know you you, you just got to know what it looks like when it pops up Closer to home. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, because it seems to be a virus, <laughs> this sort of nonsense. <laughs> like, you know, next week, you know, you may come in in a, in a summer dress. I don't know. As we, <laughs> as we discussed. I'm here
1: for it, Ricky. I'm here for it.
0: <laughs> You're desperate to get into a summer dress, aren't you, Astro? AJ, <laughs> seriously, if I pop down, you know, to see you for a coffee and I was in an ice polka <laughs> dot summer dress. What what's what what what's the deal? Would you just say, "I oh, look, it looks lovely," or what?
1: Nah, I don't. I don't think I could. Well,
0: what would you say? You'd say change, go and change. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we would, we would be in the right place for it.
0: Yeah, so maybe we I would. would
1: just go for it. <laughs>
0: Like yeah, if we're going into Fitzroy in Melbourne or something or (laughs) whatever, people are like you would fit in more, you know. That's right. Yeah, 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 for sure. You'd be out of place in just jeans and a and a t-shirt. Oh, that's the that's what is that sounds like the the uniform of bigotry, (laughs) (laughs) white supremacy. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I think we should get into this movie. An evil force took his life.
2: Phantom, a wraith, a cosmic spirit given another chance. Uh, are you new in town? Yeah. Who's the kid?
1: I turned my back, and the next second he was there, like magic almost.
2: You ever seen one of those before? Nah, let's just add it to our collection.
1: There's a kid out there using his car to kill people. Not that it's such a big deal, since it seems to be your gang he's got it in for. A wraith, man! A ghost! An evil spirit, and it ain't cool! What are you doing,
0: Packard? Stop! Get in the car! What are you doing, man? You cut out of my face, Burger Boy! You wind up dead like your brother. Hey, who is that guy? I don't know.
1: But whoever he was, he's weird and ticked off. (laughs) I see his eyes, Loomis. Who are you?
2: The Wraith. If you've done nothing wrong, you've got nothing to fear.
0: The wraith from 1986. This is a, this has an alternate title, I found out. It oh. was gonna be called Turbo Wraith Interceptor. Oh. I think that I think that name sucks.
1: Mother. Me too. It's <laughs> a terrible name. <laughs> it's not good. It's not
0: good. So anyway, anyway. A quick synopsis. So basically in sort of a small town in or near Arizona, a vengeful spirit returns from the dead to avenge uh, his own death at the hands of a gang of sort of like car racing hoons. And uh, after coming back from the dead, he challenges the gang to sort of a series of deadly car races and sort of pops them off one by one. He also makes peace with his brother Billy and also gets a piece of his old girlfriend. (laughs) What a dirty laugh you just did. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, this spirit or wraith uh, appears in the form of like this helmeted leather wearing dude, um, sort of like a futuristic F1 driver. And he drives black Dodge Interceptor, like the most 80s looking car ever, which he uses sort of. As his weapon of choice. Have I left anything out? Is that the story?
1: You've done great.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. This is a strange
2: movie, by the way. I loved it. It it's good, but it's strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's um yeah, it's like it's got that supernatural element where where the guy comes back, he comes back to Earth, but but he comes back with a car. And um, I've gotta say that the, the the visual effects like <laughs> They're, no, they're, I think they're really charming actually. I think they're, they're slightly clunky, but I think they still hold up fairly well to to modern to modern eyes. And
1: have you been smoking crack? Me. <laughs> you, you don't like the effects? No, the effects were good, but I don't know how much it holds. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well I don't know I see I see a lot of modern effects you know the big green screen stuff and that yeah. just that just really bores me you know there's something a little bit more it has a bit more of well, an artistic bent maybe you know so so maybe that's it maybe I've just been so swamped with CG yeah. green screen stuff over the past 15 years that this was kind of refreshing to mm. me but yeah it's 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 also it's really a film of its time it's it's rife with those 80s preoccupations of cars, babes, bullies, nerds and clean-shaven loners. But what's weird about it also is that Charlie Sheen is like, he's hardly in this movie. He's like almost a peripheral character. Like he has such little screen time, uh, although his presence is, I guess, kind of felt throughout the movie. Um, I did read that he shot all of his scenes in one day before that's he amazing. flew out to 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 film Platoon. That's a that's rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty hardcore
0: because,
1: and he was great. In his scenes, he was great too. It wasn't um, terrible acting.
0: Well, let's get to Charlie later because I think we should stay macro for a second. But we're talking about, because we definitely will get to Charlie. But I feel like just returning to this concept, I think this is, you were saying, this is a truly bizarre film. Like it's Mm. bizarre, like returning from the dead to take revenge. But, you know, unlike The Crow, it's where it's sort of squarely a, Spiritual thing. This is there's this link here with like alien technology and like '80s concept cars, and he's he's dressed like it's got these kinky metal braces on him. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's very Mad Max.
2: There is a big Mm. influence from Mad Max.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can see that in the car crashes and stuff. Mm. But you know, I think that this this sort of this strange clash of 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 concepts here of this of the spiritual. Supernatural and the extraterrestrial is this dissonance is is maybe why it's great. Like it sucks and it's great,
1: mm.
0: <laughs> you know. And uh, <laughs> like and the fact that there's a distinct lack of exposition about any of this because I've seen I watched this film. Dare I say? Um, I think one of my sisters got this out when it was a new release. So you know, I've seen this film you know a few times over the years ever since it came out and ever since I. I've always been struck by the fact that it just doesn't even, which is actually really good not to have all this exposition, exposition because um, nowadays we're given, the, you know, they do whole films, these origin films, you know, which it just goes into every goddamn detail about someone. Whereas this character, this movie just goes, yeah, anyway, um, here he is and uh, he just gets about his business straight away.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll work it out. You'll work it yeah, out along the wrong, along the ride.
0: You'll figure it out. Yeah. You'll figure
2: it out. Well, I think, I think some of the criticism is that that, A lot of people don't figure it out. (laughs)
0: I think that's that's one of the criticisms of this film, you know. So we're all pumped, and you're like, well, actually, um, that's why it's not big because people didn't figure it out. Well, I, I watched this film
2: twice in preparation, actually, and and I watched the second time with my wife, and she, yeah, she she missed a bunch of things. She was a little bit confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there are a few confusing things in there that that maybe maybe that's why it also lends lends to its cult status because people talk about it and they think about it and they. They discuss it and they theorize about it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but then you know what ruins it? When I read the director, Mike Marvin, on, the, on Dread Central say, okay, okay, uh, I, I always envisioned him as emerging out of a sort of secondary dimensional reality. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, but I never saw him coming back from the dead as a ghost. Uh, <laughs> I always thought he was a dimensional crosser. <laughs> dimensional crosser. So, uh, so when he was killed in the first place, uh, instead of him going into the abyss or into the darkness of the void or whatever you want to call it, uh, he, he goes to the place where, you know, he's able to literally cross dimensions. There you go. Fucking nonsense. He's a, he's a dimensional crosser. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. All
2: right. So, so maybe we should, should give listeners out there who haven't seen this film maybe a little bit of background. So, uh, Charlie Sheen's character, yeah, he, I guess he comes back from the dead or whatever. He's this cross-dimensional guy. Uh, basically, he was he was murdered by a bunch of thugs, and these thugs are a part of a gang that go around uh, challenging people to to races to to get their car. They force people to race them, and then end up taking taking their cars and then uh I guess chopping them up in
0: their in their mechanics warehouse and But the reason the, the this is where it gets confusing though because the see Charlie Sheen is in the movie but he's a reincarnation he's like a new person that's he's right not, yeah he's yeah. not he's a reincarnated person so he's he's sort of the spirit of so he's the Wraith he's this new guy Jake or whatever but he's also this other guy who was killed, you know, who ha- and um, the reason he was killed is because the lead bad guy Packard uh, is like super jealous guy, and he, yeah. you know, busted on in when uh, the, the, you know, uh, previous incarnation of Charlie was nailing his girlfriend, um, and then he's just like, you know, switchblade, switchblade life, just got his knife out and. Stabbed him
2: up, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slashed him up, stabbed him up, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is but quite but awful. the film it had to be it had to be a reincarnation because if you came back it's the same guy everyone would just know they go hey there's Billy you know
0: mm. yeah yeah I guess we'll
2: whereas good. whereas in the Crow which is a very similar film he comes back he's kind of he's wearing makeup and he's a bit more of a. I don't know, but it, it has a bit more of a Joker aesthetic with the makeup and the long hair and stuff and, and it's a bit harder to tell who he is. Yeah.
1: But no one gave a shit about his scars. He had, the, he had scars yeah, he from the yeah. knife wounds. Yeah. So
2: there's that scene where they're all hanging out um, at this, the, the side of a river and go swimming and stuff and he takes his shirt off and he's just, yeah, he's got scars all over him. And no one asks. No one asks. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> no.
0: No. no one says anything.
1: There's limited fucks um, in this movie once again.
0: Everyone no, no cares. For whatever. <laughs> Nobody mm-hmm. gives a shit. They're up for it. They're getting on with it.
1: Except they're all scared <laughs> of that guy. And even I was scared. That Packard. guy scared the shit out of me. Packard. Yeah. yeah. So the Awful. bad guys,
0: let me run you through the bad guys. So the, the lead bad guy is a guy called Packard. And he is like really tall. He's played by uh, John Cassavetti's son, Nick Cassavetes And, um, uh, actually, he's got a really funny line. In, is it, you guys seen Face Off? Yeah. yeah. He's the guy in Face Off who says, when Nick Cage is going crazy, he's saying, I want to take his face off. <laughs> he's the guy who says, no more drugs for that man. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's, that's Nick Cassavetes. <laughs> he's okay. great. He's great. Uh, anyway, so he's the lead bad guy. Uh, well, actually, firstly, AJ, is this hot? Uh,
1: yeah. But I was really scared.
0: But does doesn't that make him like a toxic hot guy?
1: Nah, I was too scared. <laughs>
0: he, he, he <laughs> does. There's a line. You got, he's got to be a little bit dangerous, but not not scary.
1: Yeah, and I I was scared.
0: He does suffer that that old man look a little. Oh, bit. Oh, definitely. He does I was look thinking like that too. 40. Yeah. Yeah. They give him punishing lines as well. He says stuff like, Hold your horses, guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hold
0: your horses. I can't say that. That's banned. Banned. So uh yeah, okay. Then we've got um next in line is the two the, you know, there's this 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 trope of, of sort of the two idiot henchmen.
2: Yeah. you know, yeah. they've
0: got skank and gutter boy.
2: I love skank and gutter boy so.
0: proud tradition of idiots, you know. Yeah, one in the old parlance. Well. Was, is probably the R word. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'll leave you I'll leave you to fill it in. <laughs> The other literally drinks battery acid. <laughs> I know, yeah. He's addicted to hydraulic
2: fluid and various other motor oils and lubricants, I think.
0: He's, he's a, sort of got this punk, punk
2: aesthetic.
1: He's a tweaker. Right?
2: He does, yeah. It's weird because no one else has that same punk
0: thing going on. Don't you think he looked a bit like the Portland Riders? <laughs> <laughs> Did he? <laughs> yeah, like I put a mugshot of them in our latest video. <laughs> it's like a mugshot of them all. They've all just all got the eyeliner, you know. He, he looks like he belongs
2: in Mad Max. If you mm. just had like arseless chaps, then he'd be, mm. Mm, mm. you know, that'll
0: get him there. Uh, and then um, uh, the final member of the group is Clint Howard, Rughead, uh, who's got big eraser head sort of hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like a geeky grease monkey who he's the one who screams the name of the film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> At one mm. point, a wreath, man, a wreath. <laughs> hey, that guy's
2: uh, that guy's pretty good. I thought he was yeah. giving it a hundred. He was. And do, do you know?
0: Do you know who he is? I do.
1: Me too. Yeah.
0: He's he's Ron Howard's brother. He is. He's a, and like he is. Uh, just, I just I'm always happy to see him. You know. Yeah. He's, me he too. had a beautiful run in all those Adam Sandler movies as
2: well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's oh. also in this. Um, in this Stallone movie called Tango
0: and Cash, have you seen Great. that? Yeah, oh, I've seen it. Don't you? Yeah, worry.
2: he's like uh, <laughs> he's a um, he's in the cell with uh, with Sly when when Sly gets is wrongly convicted and goes to prison. And his his famous line, I think, is, "Oh, what is it? Um, Cra- crazy people, crazy people aren't afraid of anything." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <remember>. it's
0: good. <laughs> We're going to watch that movie again. That's good. So, anyway, uh, you—it's funny you should mention about his effort level. There are a couple of people in this movie giving it one hundred. He was giving it hundred and ten, and Sheridan and Finn was giving it hundred and ten as yeah. well. She was, she was totally bringing it. I mean, did she absolutely thankless role for her? Like totally mm. thankless. Just like she was, just it should have just said crumpet number one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Crumpet number one. Get out your maple syrup. <laughs> like, it was just, she had nothing to work with, and she was giving it everything. Um, so that's the gang. I thought the gang, this was a really strange group of bad guys. I don't know what their end game was. Like, they just had to steal more cars, you know? Yeah, more and it. more. But, but they're sort of corporate punk bad guys. If you look at their garage, they've got, like, you know, they're playing, you know, corporate rock. They've got neon <laughs> But like around, it was it was very. It wasn't rock and roll, you know. Like it was sort of like what they complain about. Even though I love all these songs in the eighties, like the people complain about Jefferson Airplane becoming like Jefferson Starfish, a Star, Starship, sorry, and and then um, they, they released that song um uh uh we built this city. <laughs> <And> <laughs> people complain about we built this city being like the death of rock and roll. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of like the opposite of Woodstock and all that. And I feel that these bad guys are. The epitome of that, we've built this. It's probably, I think, I think the song came out that year. Uh, you know, it's that definitely that, you know, who counts the money <laughs> 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 underneath the bar. So it's just really, yeah, this sort of packaged thing. Like that, they, they, these guys are essentially, you know, they're not, I don't, it's, it's hard to describe, but they're very, they're very corporate bad guys. You know, they're not dirty and they're not like, they're not, it's not romper stomper. You know, because Rumpus Dumpus is dirty and mm. gross and stink. They look like they stink. Whereas these guys are all in nice, you know, like, ta- like sort of curated outfits, you know?
1: Well, one Great of them is wearing a leather jacket.
0: Well, Like a Letterman yeah. jacket Sorry. or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: Mm. So that's not very derelict.
0: No, I don't, I don't know what people would have made these bad guys back in the yeah. day.
2: Well, so Gutter Boy was pretty gross. He had the, the brown teeth. and
0: Yes, but we've said we know why.
1: <laughs> R word.
0: Well, it's the, it's not
2: I, right, I, think, I think the updated version
0: is ID, What's intellectual that? disability. Oh. So now ID is just going to become the new word until we replace it. That's right, yeah. And, and hopefully then, it cycles back and then
2: you'll be able to say retard again.
0: Let's get ID in here. <laughs> Let's get a D. Is that what people are going to sing? That's right, yeah. Ridiculous. All right. So anyway, uh, there's some great lines here. Um, why is this movie filled with these like, these weird double entendres everywhere? Like, like so… Packard, the bad guy, leans in. This is the first time we, we realize what their game is. the first scene almost, they pull over this frightened couple who are just, you know, going to drive somewhere to neck. They pull them over and they're like, what do you want, man? And then, like, you know, the, Packard leans down into the window and he goes, what do you want? He goes, well, looks at his girlfriend. He goes, let's just see us pink. And, <laughs> and he's obviously talking about pink slips, which are the ownership papers of the car. But, you know. It's got the other meaning because straight after she goes, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought this movie was loaded with these sorts of strange bits of dialogue, you know. Mm. It, it was weird, though. You'd assume that, that the group of bad
2: guys would have tried to rape that chick, but they don't really. They're just interested in his car.
1: They touch her up a little bit.
0: Actually, there is some uh, th- there is some light ADR. If you listen, you can hear them saying mad shit. Like, because he reaches over and grabs a titty or something. Mm. And he even says, I, like, I think he says something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, I heard it in my earphones and I was like, oh, that's just the sound guys having fun. Late at night. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, yeah. yeah, no, they do try it on a little bit. But they're mainly interested in the car. Mm. And, um, you know, which is, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. So... Should we talk a little bit about, about the music? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think of the music?
2: Uh, yeah, I really like the music, but the the, pop, the use of the pop songs is, is, is a bit strange. Like in the chase scenes, they're so literal. It kind of reminds me of the songs that Trey Parker and Matt Stone wrote for <laughs> Team America, World Police. Like there's that one song by Ozzy Osbourne, Secret Loser, when they're they're racing, I think, the first guy at the start of the movie, and he obviously loses and... Then there's another one, uh, "Never Surrender," which is another one when when the wraith is 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 racing. And I just thought, and you listen to the lyrics as it's happening, and you're like, "It's so it's so fucking literal." Mm. Mm.
0: Well, yeah, no, that that is well. Obviously, this is where, but 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 if you go ten years earlier, that you know this didn't exist, this type of music, this type of film. Uh, yeah. So, we I guess it's the birth of. It just wouldn't have occurred to them at the time that that was. That nah. obviously they were just like, they were like Isn't this great? We're saying he's Ozzy singing it and we're seeing it and we're seeing it, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, then everyone just goes, Oh, yeah. They look up from their lines of coke and they go, Yeah, yes. <laughs> and they high five, <laughs> yeah, they high five. <laughs> so, this is a type of music that I've gotten deep on actually. This is a this genre. There's a couple of songs that actually have transcended the genre that I'm going to talk about, which is um, obviously Rebel Yell and uh, you know Addicted to Love. Have sort of got their lives of their own, but this the generally the other tracks are you know these deep cuts. It's like melodic rock. It's a type of genre. There's a whole subgenre genre of it called it's called AOR. Um, it's like album oriented rock. And um, it's sort of famous versions of this, you know, this type of music is like anthems like More Than A Feeling by Boston or Don't Stop Believe. And I guess these are big ones or even Africa. It sort of fits into that. But AOR is sort of like, you know, radio stations apparently pumped out like these deep cuts, you know, from all these bands. And I've got like, you know, all these... These, uh, some, you know, playlists and whatever of this type of music, I just I love it. Like, I think it's like you know, and it's even better when you've never heard of the band and you're just like, who the fuck is this? You know, like I mean, even Survivor, like they've got a bunch of tracks that you just like, you know, you never would have heard. Um, so this movie is a great example of AOR. So if you're interested in that, just type that into Spotify and you'll get a great list of, you know, really cool melodic rock and 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 all that. But this is yeah. It's it's all, it's all happening here on this album. Um, sharp turn to Charlie Sheen. <laughs> mm. Delicious. So the Charlie Sheen is sleepwalking through this movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's Charlie Sheen doing Charlie Sheen. I think yeah. the, you said he was all right, but I think it's the least amount of emotion I've ever seen him do. I think he was more invested in hot shots. <laughs> yeah. You know? Great movie. So he says at one point, like Cheryl Impenn goes. It's a nice day, huh? And he goes, ah, oh, water's a bit chilly for my taste. <laughs> <laughs> water's a bit chilly for my taste.
1: I like the interactions with Billy.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, Billy, they were pretty good. Billy was earnest.
1: Yeah. Oh, aw, I cried.
0: Oh. <laughs> <Aww>.
1: <laughs> when That's Billy sweet. got sad at the end.
0: Yeah, actually, that did get me. That did get me, yeah. At the very end, I give it up for that. Yeah, no, that is good. Uh, A bit of a Shane reference there to westerns and whatnot, calling Mm -hmm. after the the leaving hero. Uh, Is Charlie Sheen any good? Yeah, I ask you this in in general: is he good? Oh, yeah. Like like in dramatic roles, I can't.
2: I can't tell. I think he just gets by on his his good looks, maybe. Right,
0: so he's handsome. I
1: I, I just love a train wreck. I think that's where about. I'm a bad person.
0: So what what's he what's he been up to?
1: He's not Charlie? no, he's boring now because he's sober. Oh. Boring. Whereas if he had done his crazy shit from the a few years ago last year, that could have kept us entertained through COVID. Mm-hmm. Cause
0: he did everything, didn't he? Like he got paid he was getting paid like massive bank, but then he came out against the two and a half pin producers and said this show's garbage. Yeah. Mm. And then he said, like, yeah, I'm living in a a, a menage with a couple of women or whatever. Yeah. Or not, like,
1: with, with some, some porn stars. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm winning. I've got, And then it was like, I've got AIDS. Is I've got right? the
1: HIV. Yeah. She's got Hiv. the H, the Ivy. Mm.
0: Yeah. And uh, but that
1: actually boosted a lot of people to get tested. Silver <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> so an lining. Answer. Yeah. People it, yeah.
0: It was an outreach program. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, he is a train wreck. And I feel like in this movie I was witnessing the beginning of it. <laughs> like like that he went straight from the set of this movie straight off to Platoon where, which is probably his best movie, arguably, because he, he's, you know, it's just yeah, I think it is. But yeah, Platoon the Wall Street or whatever. And um but uh, I think just straight into the life, he would have just gotten – I think he, he – by the time he, he fell apart a few years ago, he would have been OG, right? He would have been like decades of, of, of partying.
1: Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's
0: really a miracle, really, that, that he's, he's still around. Definitely.
1: Because
0: like, if you can reach that level of, of – if you can still be alive after that much, like, you know, he only told – he only came out when he was ultra bored. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When he was were busy. We didn't hear about it. He had a like stroke in
1: '98 after overdosing while using cocaine. That's OG. Yeah, he's that, he's legit.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, and um, so anyway, I don't know, Charlie Sheen. I'm not, I'm not sold on Charlie. I don't, I don't know what to think. I'm always happy to see him, but I don't know if he's any good. Like. Mm like i like him when he's in platoon he is just a stand in for oliver stone you know and and um and in wall street he does a similar thing he's sort of like you know young and dumb but i don't know i mean yeah hot shots obviously he's good <laughs> <laughs> good in hot shots yeah that's good but i just think of yeah i don't know i don't know what to make of it he isn't yeah two and a half men did anyone watch this show no I- i've seen a few
2: episodes yeah what do you make of it Again, it's it's Charlie Sheen is playing himself in that
1: mm.
0: in that role. Yeah. But didn't like this was before Trump. This was like you know probably early early to noughts to sort of just after the tens or something. But like d- d- didn't that show capture the 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 banished the deplorables? Like, don't the, the, don't the deplorables watch watch that? As in like the the middle of the country. Mm. Mm, I wonder what those people think of that. Because, you know, anyway, that was just a a stray thought. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Poor old Charlie. What's he up to right now? Does anyone
1: know? No, he's just sober. It is seriously boring.
0: Yeah, right. He's on Cameo. Yeah.
1: That's that's how he's making cash.
0: Yeah. How much does it cost to get a Cameo from him? He's expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's like 500 plus maybe more.
2: Maybe we yeah, should reach could. out to him, get, get him in one of our tracks.
1: That'd be pretty cool. And he could BYO porn stars.
0: He could. Would be how we do it. That's mm. how we do it. Charlie just could just bring him in. He's the gateway. Yeah. Winning. Winning. Winning.
1: <laughs> uh, he did, huh?
0: that, that is his main contribution. Oh, like, yeah. Whenever you say it now, you, whether you know it or not, you're saying, Charlie, winning. You know? Mm. What were you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> winning. <laughs>
1: I'm bringing it back
0: Trump says it as well yeah. he? Does he? <laughs> <laughs> he does He says winning Winning big and stuff Bigly <laughs> 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 ah. All right so, Did you guys have any standout scenes In this movie?
2: Oh well I, I liked I liked everything that had the two dumb sidekicks in I thought that was cool Okay um, <laughs> <laughs> Also Also you know Sherilyn Fenn is Fucking hot
1: Oh she's smoking.
2: She's hot <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, yes, she is hot in this, actually, and because she's super hot in in Twin in Twin Peaks, mm. and but this is a this is some different. I don't know, I don't know what this is. This is like you know, Audrey Horn is is one of the hottest characters in the history of the world. But yeah, something about that. There's a sexy rock pool scene at the end that I think mm. is. I think I saw it at a time in life, a formative stage of life, and I think um it became uh, a transcendent. Uh, image of her in this like blue swimsuit. And, and I'm not going to get crude. All right. But she pops a titty out. It
1: does.
0: One, one, which, you know, I think that's. It's some enough. Would say, some would say, someone's. It, it is
1: enough.
0: <laughs> it is <laughs> enough. That is enough. What, what did you want? Three? Well, totally. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me wish I had. Me hand. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's good. It's a good scene. Good scene. Um, and again, Charlie was bored in that scene. Yes. I know. How could he be <laughs> putting up with it? He's like, oh, uh. drag. This is. This
2: but is but a the, the, the character of Carrie is a little uh, is a little strange. Like the the way she's just under the thumb of of Packard and basically does whatever the fuck he tells her to. Mm-hmm. Um, is is strange because I don't feel like she ex- exhausted all the possible ways to escape him. Like. <laughs> You know, like she it's like
0: she didn't really try to get away from him. But I don't know what anyone was doing in this town.
1: No, I don't even True. know how old these people were.
0: Were they kids? Were yeah. they 30? <laughs> I know, yeah, that's a bit strange. Like they all just hang around that drive-in and and wait for Packer to menace them. Yeah. It's yeah.
1: such a shitty place. <laughs> like if you don't work <laughs> at the drive-in, what are you doing in yeah. that place? You know?
0: Yeah. Oh, Billy's is just
1: busting his balls.
0: <laughs> yeah, flipping burgers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He it's gets the mess. car at the end. Yeah. He gets the car. He does. It's yeah. lovely. Like, like you know, I love that. That's the ultimate fantasy. It's just like you know, here you go. Here's this my alien car. You check it out. You know, <laughs> get out of this town. Drive out of this town, Billy. Get away from this fucking town. Mm. You know. And then Sherilyn and Fenn, so, she was sexually available almost immediately to Charlie, um, which is, you know, he didn't have to put in any legwork whatsoever. No. Uh, he was just like, come to the rock pool with me. And she's like, yeah, all right. And then uh, pretty much, you know, is totally on board with him. And then at the end, spoilers, she rides off in the sunset with him on the motorcycle. And I just thought that was really strange. Because like, normally in these movies, you know, you, you you don't get what you want. Like, you know, you have to change you experience change, but you don't just get to have to be with the, the person who's not here anymore or whatever. Like mm. it was that was really, you know, really sentimental. They were just like, oh yeah, now she's with um the reincarnated uh ghost of um her dead boyfriend. I mean, <laughs> yeah. baggage. Talk about baggage. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know? actually, how come was she there? She was there when he got killed, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they they like they put a pillow overhead or whatever and they murder him. Yeah. And she is so well-adjusted. What happened to that? (laughs) What happened? Like nowadays people complain about, you know, these microaggressions. I mean, this chick is like sort of where it's at really. Mental toughness. Yeah. But 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 every time
1: someone died, no one cared at all.
0: (laughs) Yes. This is a problem. (laughs) This is a problem. There was a disregard for life. People were just like, you know, I mean, think about it. People dying, it's... It's terrible. It's terrible. Like, like you know, and, they were, and I think the body count in this movie was significant. And they died in horrendous ways as well. Like, fucking Randy Quaid. What is Randy Quaid doing in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> he's the cop. He is the guy on, on the case. You know? He's I, I quite
2: enjoyed him. I thought he was
0: good. Well, I, look, I don't mind him. I'm just saying that, like, he does. I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it a bit light. But he's the cop. Like, he's, it's a terrible thing. He's. He, he's doing quips all the time. No. <laughs> so maybe that's why. Again, maybe that's why it's great because it's sort of you just don't get too involved because what's happening in the film is so awful, really. Like mm. if, if, if if think about this if if like if you guys like came to do the podcast next week, right? And then it turned out that um, a wraith I'd, had blown me up, and then my car had burned up all around me, but I was still uh, in, intact, but my eyes were burned out. <laughs> <laughs> Would you be okay? <laughs> Would you be mm, okay? Yeah, yeah. No, it's look, no. it's not good. So, I don't know, I don't know. But I feel like, um, overall, I think it's. Uh, I thought it was campy, fun. You know, it was ambitious but silly, and uh, I think it's like almost a proper movie. The director actually seems he's almost weirded out. If you read that interview with you, he, he's saying. He's almost annoyed that people are into it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't yeah. Know. I don't know what his deal is. He's like, he's like, why are we still talking about this movie? I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You're Like, it. Yes, but but he's writing like, a sequel or he did write yeah. a, a sequel. Oh, well, he's in the game, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the game, you know. But, but he's still just like, why are people talking about this movie? And you're like, well, because, you know, isn't that good, you know, that people talk about this movie? Like someone loved the movie so much that they made one of the cars in the movie. Yeah. That's rad. It is cool. It is cool. So do we okay, so this should be pretty easy, but you know, on the Me Too scale, where do we rate this this picture?
1: Me Too was high this time. Really? I thought so. Give it to me. I thought that yeah. Grabby hands. I thought it was an eight. <laughs>
0: That's really <laughs> high. I I,
1: felt, I was scared. I was scared as yeah. a woman.
0: No, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but
1: but no, you gave I?
0: but you gave you gave the beach girls a lower score. That was all fun again.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah.
0: So grabbiness is it's all about the context.
1: Yeah. That was so grab- it was it was not nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well hold hold it. Ricky, give me what your what's yours. What do you think this is out of 10?
2: Me too. For the me too scale. Well, I thought it was maybe a 4, 4 or 5. Right. Because you've got the Packard character who's basically, uh, yeah, holding, uh, holding Kerry hostage. Yeah. But, um,
1: <laughs> so that's why. which I guess
2: that 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 elevates it. But that's that's one
0: character. Okay. No, but I I my my I came at it. I thought it was fairly low only because um, the bad guys are the pigs and they're roundly punished. So okay. like, it, like I didn't think it was high because. If it was hot, like um, apart from Kerry being immediately sexually available, <laughs> <laughs> I'm immediately up for it, like her boyfriend gets like you know killed in front of her, and then just Charlie Sheen rolls up and says, um, "Do you want to show me one titty and then we'll have sex?" She does that. Um, I thought that was bad messaging, but apart from that, uh, the bad people were were the, were the pigs. It's I have a problem when it's uh, or uh, for me it's me too is high when. When there's like a culture of a, a rape culture within the main friend group, and like, and the the main guys doing stuff, mm. like okay. you know, there's some well, no, but that's just me though. I think, but I think that uh, Packard was so oppressive and awful mm. that he that he deeply affected you.
1: Yeah, yes, that's exactly how I feel.
0: He's upset you. It wasn't and I think,
1: hijinks. It was no. terror. That's
0: great. <laughs> that's great. So. What do we say? Final thoughts Final on thoughts. The
1: Less titties, more story.
0: Mm. Mm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, my my final thoughts here. It's a strange movie. The X-Files meets Mad Max. Ooh. Charlie Sheen is Charlie Sheen. Sherilyn Fenn is super hot. A solid date night movie. I hope you walk away with at least a wristy. Okay, <laughs> There you go. That's my final
0: thought. That, 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 I, well I think I'm giving you eight out of ten on the me too. So. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think that I think that sums it up. All right. Well that's the rate. I encourage people to go and see it. There's, there's it's it's freely it's easily available, unlike the Beach Girls, which I think is a bit of you have to hunt around for that. But the rate's easily available. But the new release there's a new release by Lionsgate, I think not too long ago. Uh, next week, moving on uh, to – we are we have got three weeks of heavy hitters, people, all right? And I'm not going to tell you what the, the other ones are, but I'm just going to start – I think this first one will be an indicator of where we're going. We're going big, all right? Next week, you ready for this? Police Academy. Boom. Bang. Bang. There you go. And there's two big fat ones straight after that. So this is going to be the definitive uh, re-evaluation – Police academy. I'm really
1: excited.
0: Everyone needs to do their homework. Go deep on this one. Mm. Go deep. Watch the other ones. I say. Watch. Watch them all. (laughs) (laughs) Mission to Moscow. Yeah, that's number seven, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, check it out. Uh, Come with us on this on this wacky ride. I'm I'm really 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 looking forward to it.
1: Yay! All right. Thanks, AJ. Thank you.
0: Thanks, to, thanks, AJ. Thanks, Ricky. Uh, we'll see you all uh, next week. Oh, well, actually, we may see some of you on Thursday for uh, the New Flesh Classic. <laughs> 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 when you hear my bullshit about <laughs> fucking Democrats and all that <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, long live the New Flesh. Long live the New Flesh. Crazy people, crazy people aren't afraid of anything.